Welcome back, everyone, to Sports Talk Takeover Pod. Sports Talk Takeover Pod with Richo and Lala. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great right now, actually. You know, we got a, a banging new intro thanks to mm-hmm. the Takeover Network. I mean, you can't get any cooler than that. No, that was awesome. Um, that really hyped me up. Before we go any further, I have to apologize for my terrible audio last week. It was yes. awful. Yeah, and that- it, was, it was very unprofessional, and I apologize. It's, it's okay. not Richard's fault, though. So just put that it's out. It's not, I know it's not my fault. It was your fault. No, it wasn't. It's yours. Nope. Okay. Nope. It's, it's all right. We have a lot of things to talk about here. We're going to unpack your Colts, my Eagles draft picks. We're going to talk uh, Sage Steel, ESPN, their whole feud thing going on. And then we got our pop culture stuff to talk about. So you want to dive into some of that first? The pop culture stuff? Yeah. Well, so I w- originally I was going to talk about something different for pop culture, but we're going to I'm going to cheat, like I said. Okay. And I'm going to do Sage Steele in this topic. And then we'll uh, I, I just have to go in on some NBA officiating in a little gotcha. while. So, so for the Sage Steele topic, so here we go. So Sage Steele is suing ESPN alleging violation of free speech. So this mm-hmm. is from kick.com ESPN anchor Sage Steele is suing the network and its parent company Disney alleging that ESPN retaliated against her for exercising her free speech rights the Wall Street Journal reports last September Steele appeared on a podcast with former NFL quarterback Jay Cutler and questioned Disney's vaccine mandate she said and I quote I respect everyone's decision I really do but to mandate it is sick and it's scary to me in many ways I just I'm not surprised it got to this point especially with Disney I mean a global company like that and then later on in the podcast, Steele also said this, and I quote, if they make me choose a race, I go both, she said. Oh, so this, I'm sorry, this was about a completely different thing. This was talking about um, a uh, U.S. census form in which yeah. she was asked to pick her race. And she said, right. if they choose me to pick a race, I go both. She said, Barack Obama chose black and he's bi- biracial. And I'm like, congratulations to the president. That's his thing. I think that's fascinating considering his black dad was nowhere to be found in his and his white mom and grandma raised him, but hey, you do you, I'm gonna do me, end quote. And then those comments drew bu- uh, public backlash, both internally and externally at ESPN. Right. And ESPN forced Steele to issue an apology and temporarily benched her, the lawsuit in Connecticut states. And the lawsuit also states that ESPN also retaliated by taking away prime assignments and failing to stop bullying and harassment by Mrs. by Miss Steele's colleagues. Mm-hmm. So, so where do you feel about this? So, I mean, I, I, A, I'm not surprised. Anyone yeah. who's been following ESPN for the last five years should yeah. be surprised. Five or six years. They've, mm-hmm. They haven't hidden their, their politics. They've actually, a lot, of, like, a lot of people that I follow on Twitter call them, you know, MS ESPN. Because they're just, they're, they're pretty much MSNBC that covers sports. That, that's yeah. what they turned into, unfortunately. And Sage Steele has, is... I think the only open conservative, if you want to call her a conservative, I just don't think she's a, she's not a far left or staunch liberal on the network and people don't like her because she's, she doesn't follow or toe the party line or the, or the, the um, company line, if you will. And I, I honestly, I, I hope she wins this lawsuit. I think she will. I think she's got a really good shot at it because she has enough proof, at least from, from what I've read anyway. Um, you know, I, I, again, I'm not surprised, 
but I'm I'm actually happy that somebody's stepping up and, and saying, look, this is this is BS. Like what this company's been doing to me is not right. And you know, I don't care if you like my politics or not. You, you shouldn't be sidelining me on on certain assignments just because you don't agree with with you know my my stance on certain politicians. Okay. So naturally, you and I both differ on this subject, of course. Okay. Naturally. We'll start off by saying this is an opinion, right? This is not a debate. You have your opinion. I have mine, right? Much like, you know, per usual, I guess, especially when it comes to a company like Disney, ESPN. You know, it's the same entity, whatever you want to call it. I have no problem with her suing ESPN, you know, speaking her voice. You go, girl. Get it. All right. Get it. The problem I have, though, is that you're crying poor me, and I feel like nobody really cares, because it's not like you're some beat writer at the Norwich Bulletin in Norwich, Connecticut, like this tiny little place. It's ESPN. It's global, okay? So you've obviously, you're doing pretty well. You're doing, you're doing damn good for yourself, okay? Hold on. Not only because you're working in such a big spotlight of a network, they're going to have rules and regulations, right? You're sitting here talking about how you have your freedom of speech is being violated, but you can't tell me that in your whole career of working at ESPN, you didn't know that you probably shouldn't be saying X, Y, and Z regardless if it was on ESPN's network or not. If you say it and you know you're going to get in trouble saying it, why are you saying it? But what and did you told, say that was so we're told, we're told to try to keep it you know, pretty good on this network, right? No swearing. Right. If I'm running around dropping bombs all the time and they come over to me and go, hey, we got to let you go, man, or we're going to take you off your network because of, off your show for a little bit because you just can't stop swearing. I'm not going to sit there and start pounding my chest yelling freedom of speech, freedom of speech. It just doesn't make sense. That's my only thing. Will she win the lawsuit? Probably. They probably, I'm sure. But sitting here crying and complaining that you lost opportunity. I mean, what are we talking here? A couple extra hundred thousand dollars you lost. Someone like her, who's like a, a main anchor or was a main anchor. She's doing pretty well. Multi-million dollars, right? It's it's not about the money. It's about the fact that the company's punishing her because they don't agree with her politics. Like that's so. But this is the thing. If it's not about the money, what are you suing for? You're it's suing for dollars and cents, right? Suing dollars. Well, of course, you're when you're doing a lawsuit. It's it's that is money. But what I'm talking about though is that that's not. She doesn't seem to be upset about the money. It's the fact that she's gotten sidelined. What what they did do was they prevented her from doing other high profile events, mm-hmm. which then in in essence demotes her down the ladder, down the rung. Yeah. She's somebody if she wants to go elsewhere, like let's say she didn't want to be at ESPN for the rest of her mm-hmm. career. She mm-hmm. wanted to go do bigger and better things, whatever that may be for her. Her resume is now being stymied because ESPN is preventing her from doing bigger and better because they don't like the fact that she made a comment that they don't agree with about Obama or her feeling about mandate or the the vaccine mandates or whatever it may be. 
Whereas you have other people who have been at ESPN who have been extremely vocal about their political views and nothing has happened to them. That's where the lawsuit comes into play. And that's where she's going after them is saying, you've had other other people, Bomani Jones, Jamel Hill, just to name two, there have been others who have no problem saying how they felt or feel about certain politicians and they weren't punished. Or if they were punished, it was punished as minimally as possible because Disney agrees with their politics or likes their political views. So when you're saying the woe is me thing, I just don't understand where you're coming from with that. I look at it again. If you don't, if you don't like, like you said, if you really don't like what they're doing at the company, go to a different company. Joe Rogan does it. He makes, he doesn't like someone saying, what does he do? He's like, Hey, Spotify, you want to pay me a million dollars? A bunch of money. They're like, yep. And Spotify don't like it. He'll bounce to YouTube. He'll bounce to, he'll start his own. It's it's easy to say that when the guy just netted over a hundred million dollar contract that he can yeah. now go wherever he wants. Sage Steele's not making over a hundred million dollars a year. Still doing pretty well though. I feel like I feel like she could. You know what? How about this, Sage? And then you just retire. You retire with your bags of money in your nice house. But why just, should she just relax? But but again, you I don't like back. it. If you're really unhappy, peace out. So you don't see anything. You don't see anything wrong with it at all. You don't think. You don't think. Oh, no, that, I do think. I do think it's scummy. You know, but at the same time, is it? It is what it is. It's rules. If they say that this, these are our rules. You have to get this. You have to get this vaccine by an X, X calendar date, and we don't want you saying this, that, or whatever. Then you don't do it. You don't let it go against the grain. But there is that said that they prevented her from saying it. All that's been said was that, they didn't this stuff like in that. that she said it. It's the same thing with the NFL players or any any player that goes over and talks starts talking bad about their organization. It's not written in there that hey, we expect you not to talk trash about the Green Bay Packers. It's kind of just expected that someone wouldn't do it. Now, in that case, obviously for Aaron Rodgers, that worked out for him. He got to talk trash and got paid a buttload of money to do it. For Sage, eh, sorry, sweetheart, it's not working for you. Okay, we can move That's on. A, all right. Agree to disagree? Yeah, sure. Let's, Are we let's, still friends? Disagree. Huh? Are we still friends? We'll see how the episode goes. Uh, all right. I was going to say, that's all that matters to me, but. Well, don't don't try and put it on a show just because we're live. Anyway, what do you got? So for Netflix, so you, I'm sure you heard about this. They're up in their charges again because they just took a bath on their first quarter. They blamed the war in Ukraine for it. Um, and they're Did trying they really? to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They said that's probably why we uh, lost a lot of subscribers. They're trying to crack down on sharing accounts. Yeah. And And now they're going to be adding a new thing. They're testing it out in like Peru or someplace that, you know, whatever. So they're testing it out down there so that you have to pay like an extra like three bucks per like account you want in your account. So if we had a shared account, you wanted my info, I'd have to pay an extra three dollars for you to use and have your own little setup so you can watch whatever, like uh, once upon a time. And I mean, if you're, we have if you're, shows, else, you're like, you're sitting Hill. I'll, I'll give you the extra 33 or $40 a year. Like that's fine. Whatever. Oh, I know you would. Cause I would make you. Okay. Some people, they're a little nicer than me. Um, they're also looking to add commercials now. Yes. I, I did hear about that because they're expecting that that will help balance out and make them a whole buttload of money once again. So now they feel whole. 
Now they What's feel really going to be funny is when everybody leaves that platform as soon as they enter the commercial. They're expecting like 200 million more subscribers because of it. No. I don't know how, unless they're robots and it's all just like Bitcoin or something like that. And that's how they're accepting payments now. But I mean, you're the biggest streaming platform in the world. You're killing the numbers ahead of HBO, Disney, all that stuff. You're killing the numbers. You really, I mean, you, you got to boost up those stock dollars that much to get that much more revenue. It's just at a point, it just becomes silly. Well, what they're upset about is people are leaving are leaving. And a lot of the reason why people are leaving is because their content sucks. Like yeah. a lot of the Netflix originals, which is what most people stay on for, mm-hmm. unless they stole it from another network, or I shouldn't say stole it, but if they picked it up, like Designated Survivor was once on ABC and then they picked it up because it got yeah. canceled. Lucifer was the same thing. Like unless it shows like that, for the most part, their actual original content is not very good. It's not. Like I can't think outside of House of Cards and Narcos. I don't know of too many other Netflix original shows or that have really stood out. And their movies are pretty crappy for the most part. I mean, I I, I think now like you and Red I did, notice. What's that? Like Red Notice. Is that the Ryan Reynolds was, one? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds and The Rock. That was a Netflix. Oh, see, one, that wasn't was it? enjoyable. You're just mm. you're just angry, angry. By enjoyable, you mean predictable. But yeah, it, it was. It was a very good and predictable movie that I never had to finish. And when I read it on Wikipedia, I was like, "Yup." I still can't believe that you actually cheated and read it on Wikipedia. That's how bad it was. See, you're just. I can't wrong. remember the last time I've actually used my Netflix. Now that I think about it, because I'm I'm I've been using Disney Plus obviously because the Moon Knight series is out, and I um. Honestly, I've been watching a lot of. I've been using Peacock because I'm rewatching The Office for like the fifteenth time. Yeah, because why not watch a new show or something, you know? And watch what new show? There's no new shows out there. There's plenty. I give you shows all the time, and you ignore my shows are crap. They're boring. Watch them. How can you watch them for a little bit? What was the 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 one you had me watch? And my God, that was horrible. Suits. No, Suits was good. I don't remember now. It was Designated Survivor. That one got old after a while. With Kiefer. Yeah, that was good. That one got old after a while. Um, but anyway, I, Netflix, I think, is actually going to end up losing more money than they, than they think. Because I, I, for me, as soon as those commercials come, I'm, I'm canceling my subscription. I'm not I don't think you are. Commercials. I don't watch Netflix. I'm very much like you. I don't watch Netflix. Netflix is there mostly. And I have a lot of people on my account, so I'm one of those people. that Yeah, you're... you're... I've got flying like under four, the radar. Oh yeah. I've got like four other people on this account. So mm-hmm. um, when I cancel, it's going to suck for them, but yeah. I, I don't, I really don't watch it for the most part. I'm, I'm, I take it back. We watched it the last couple weeks because they had all the Shrek movies on it. So we were watching the Shrek movies okay, with the kid. But outside of that, I, I can't remember the last time I've watched Netflix. Like you, I, I, we do a lot of Disney plus. Mm-hmm. Prime is my go-to at this point. Oh yeah, and Hulu because we have live TV. With Hulu. But I don't watch any of like Hulu's original stuff. I don't think. Yeah, I guess we we've good. been using Prime also because we're rewatching Dexter. So I guess that's fair. With that how far too. along are you in Dexter? Uh, about to finish season uh, six. Oh wow, you guys flew through that. Yeah. How how awesome was rewatching season four? It was good, except for I knew she was going to be mad by the ending. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. 
So then season John five Lithgow. was her just still dealing with that anger. No, okay. Yeah. John Lithgow, though, man. That, she didn't like him. What? So she's like, I don't like his face. I don't like his face. I think she's just scared of him. That's really what it came down to. Between well, you and me, I think she's scared of him. I'm just watching the show. I, it freaked me out. Yeah, out of any of those bad guys, if I woke up and saw seasons one through six, the main per- bad person in my room, John Lithgow, 100%, would scare the poop out of me all day. No, yeah, without question. Season six, is that the one with the, uh, is that when they're like in the church a lot? Is that yep. the, okay. No, you, you're good. You remembered. Wow. I was actually surprised. I was, wait, I, I was, I was purposely not going to say it and like try to interrupt you because I was waiting for you to be like, it's that, that one with the, you know, the, um, the guy, the, you, you know what I'm talking about? The waiting for me to say it, but you got it. Yep. Doomsday killer. Tom Hanks' uh, son is in that, right? Yeah, very good. Look at that. Okay. We just found that out, uh, I think, the, I think ninth episode. And I was like, that's why it looks so familiar. I was wondering what I even, I, I not IMDb, because I don't use that. I use Wikipedia. I wikipedia him. Which is, and, he has proven false so many times. But yeah, don't use IMDb. That's fine. I'm looking through his list and i'm just like i don't know any any of these that i I just can't think maybe it's just from this maybe me remembering him on this show was the reason why i remember him and it was it's tom hanks the son well then you see it just forrest grump looking back at you the whole time season priors with julia styles right season five yes okay all right okay yeah you remember through the dexter thing anyway going back to netflix I, I don't think it's going to end well for them. I really don't. I think it's going to end very poorly. I don't know, because they probably have a bunch of like trash shows that the younger generation like. We're old now, man. You know, like people our age feel like they don't like the, the, the stuff we're watching. We're rewatching. You know what I mean? Like there's a bunch of trash shows and trash movies out there. Clickbait was a good one. That was a good little series they put out. Yep. Um, did you ever finish that, by the way? Nope. Oh, it was so good. That was so good. No, but it was a good series. Um, there was another series that they did put out that I liked, and I can't remember it off the top of my head. But there was – I know there's been a couple, but for the most part, I'm just not a Netflix guy. Never have. Yeah. I never watched Tiger King. I never got into that whole – We watched that. That was terrible. Yeah, you liked that. that. You liked it. You know you liked it. Did not like it. So if, no. you, if you could grow a mullet, would you? No. <laughs> if it was your only option, your only options was to grow a mullet or be bald. Be bald all day. Okay. That's fair. All day. Fair. That's not even, that's not even, it's not even close. Not even all close. right. So you want you, let's get into some sports now. I, I feel like we can get into sports at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so here's the deal. I watched the, uh, the, the second half for the most part of the, actually no, all the second half of the Warriors Memphis game. Okay. Uh, actually, and I watched the last five minutes of the second quarter. The refing in this game was as one-sided as it could have possibly been. It was, the calls were egregious. Egregious. Now it's okay because the mm-hmm. Warriors still survived because yeah. they, just, they, you know, Steph Curry's just Steph Curry and he just does things. He, even when you try to put the refs against him, he still finds a way to, to pull it out. Although yeah. Steph Curry, who actually pulled out the game when he shot, it was Clay Thompson. But. It was just awful. Like I'm sitting there and I'm I'm and I go on Twitter and I'm like, I can't be the only one who's watching this game losing his mind with mm-hmm. calls. Like they so for instance, 
with a couple minutes left in the in the second quarter, they called a flagrant two on Draymond Green, which is an immediate ejection because he went up to stop the ball, didn't get the ball, grabbed the guy's jersey and pulled him. But as mm-hmm. he was pulling him, he went to try and catch him at the same time. Completely mm-hmm. missed the ball, got the dude's jersey, pulled him down, tried to catch him. The guy hit the floor. If you want to give him a technical, that would have made sense. If you even want to call a flagrant one, that's fine too. They called a flagrant two, kicked him out of the game. Okay. Dumb call. Absolutely horrendous. If it was any other player, though. If it was any other player, they probably would have called a technical and moved on. Okay. They probably would have called. I think Draymond, I think a lot of it is, is Green's got a bit of a history of playing mm-hmm. a little a little overly aggressive. Just a little. If it was LeBron, they wouldn't have even called a foul. So yeah, you know, that makes sense. That too. Um you don't foul the king. Okay. You don't call fouls in the king. No, they never do. So there was that. And then every 50-50 ball, anytime there's mm-hmm. a 50-50, we don't know where to go, they always went pro Memphis. And I was just losing my mind. And I'm going, this is insane. Thankfully, the majority of Twitter agreed with me. The so majority. I mean, like how, how much is the majority, though? Is it like 60-40? Probably. Okay. Probably 60-40. Because there's, there's a lot of warrior hate out there. Okay. You know, people hate greatness. It, it is what it is. But I, um, yeah, I just, I just couldn't get over it. I mean, the NBA officiating has been pretty bad this postseason in general. But this was by far the worst that I've seen. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, for, for everybody who hates on the NFL refs, I just like to put this out there. For everyone who hates on the NFL officiating, the NBA is 10 times worse. Worse, really? Or, oh, as far as I'm concerned, especially in the postseason. The postseason is terrible. Officiating is awful in the postseason. So it's does it then go as far as, as officiating, to, like the worst go like NBA, NFL, then MLB? Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm still mad about the Schwarber thing, so that's why I'm just, you know. <laughs> Let's be let's be real about that. That's not that's not an officiating thing. That's an Angel Hernandez problem. That's true. That is that is an Angel Hernandez problem. It, that's time. not that's not all MLB officiating. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think MLB officiating has gotten better over time, especially once they added replay. Mm-hmm. It, it's really helped a lot of things out, um, and it is kind of funny now too because now that the umpires can like they're like the they're like NFL officials they they you know speak into the mic now and tell you what they've decided which I think is kind of animated and kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I do. I think it's NBA, NFL. I don't really know soccer well enough to say if that's really that bad or not. I don't think anybody cares about soccer anyway. Oh, okay. Um, well, there you go. And NHL, I don't I, – I just watch it for the playoffs because it's exciting, but I don't, yeah. I don't really know NHL officiating all that well. I feel like you can't really mess that up, you know. It's either a goal or it's not. And, I mean, they get, like – penalties and they they're allowed to like fight apparently like that you call. yeah i mean that's that's pretty like standard easy stuff to navigate through i feel like um you know with the nba finals i haven't watched a single game yet i i, I told you off pod um that there's real no use for me to root for the sixers until they're like in the finals because they always just find a way to screw something up along the way. Now we have Joel and beat out like indefinitely. So I'm obviously not counting my chickens as they say that they're going to make it all the way at this point. 
So I just I, I read something today that said he's out. He's def, definitely out for game one and two, but they think he may be able to come back for game three. So really? you still have hope. You still have some. Isn't hope. he a fracture though? Yeah, it's an orbital fracture. Yep. Okay. But they can put like a mask on his face if need be. That just seems unnecessary though. What a mask on his face? I mean, if your team's not good enough without one player, you shouldn't be. He's going the all the way anyway. Or he's one of the MVPs of the league this year. No. If no, it takes one, if it takes one person, is the reason why you get a championship. Then the team's not that good. You know, you drive me nuts, right? Yes, the, it, but in basketball, sometimes all it takes is one player. No, I don't think so. <laughs> There's also just a subtle dig at Carson Wentz, like a very subtle dig at Carson Wentz, right there. Why move that one player, the whole team elevates. I don't know if that's going to happen with the Sixers, though. How how did the whole team elevate after losing one player? I'm 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 missing. The, we got a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, but you were headed to the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz out there. No. What was your record with Carson Wentz that season? I forgot. I don't think that really matters. Chris, you don't think that really matters? He has. I don't think Carson Wentz would have won that Super Bowl in, in the use. Super Bowl. That's all. That's all I'm saying. We will maybe, not he, maybe he had a little mask on. He he would do better too. I'm not going to make people listen to us fight like little girls about this topic again for like the umpteen thousand time. You guys can go back and check out our other podcast, and there's probably seven thousand different fights that we've had about Carson Wentz. I won't do that to the people. Speaking of Carson Wentz, let's go into the draft. We'll talk some Eagles. We're going to talk some Colts, and then we're going to bring on some people so they can uh, they can talk about their. Uh, their drafts as well for their teams. I'm going to let you go first, Rich, since we talked, okay. you know, your ex quarterback. Um, how'd you feel about your draft overall? I felt fine. Honestly. Um, I did not stay up for the first round because it takes like 45 minutes for them to get through five picks. We had fifth, uh, 15th pick. And I was like, I really don't feel like staying up until 11 o'clock at night just to watch them select a defensive lineman or a, cornerback um so i'm good i'll just read about it in the morning and then i wake up in the morning i see i get a bunch of text messages in a couple of different groups and you know alerts from like espn and my eagles app and stuff like that talking about how the eagles got aj brown and i'm like there's no way they traded away two first round picks for aj brown because i will smack somebody in the face if that seriously just happened read into it oh thank god there's only one first round and i believe a third round for aj brown wait okay. so you're upset Who'd we pick? You're... No, no 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 i was gonna be upset if they traded away two firsts gotcha okay okay um then i saw you know we got a defensive tackle uh jordan jordan davis Totally okay with that. Dude's a dog. I'm all about that life. Yes, please. Thank you. Um, Cam Jurgens, uh, center. Definitely okay with that as well. Uh, Nicobe Dean, linebacker. Uh, Kyron. No, I think it's Kieran Johnson. Might be Kyron. Linebacker. Okay with that. And Grant. I'm not even going to try to say his last name. Tight end. Uh, okay with that one also. I mean, they took... They came come in, they go in with 10 picks, come out with six, and AJ Brown. I'm more than okay with that. You know, stack some more picks for the future. 
whatever you got to do, just keep burning and turning them, build the rest of the, this is a really big uh, defensive draft. I and mean, we knew this going into it anyway, that it was going to be all about the defense. It was going to be very little uh, offense uh, being on going on. So, you know, that was, that was good to kind of see that they went a while before they even picked up a quarterback. Cause again, there wasn't really many quarterbacks that people were really like freaking out and excited about. Right. So again, it was, it was good. I'm, I'm definitely more than okay with that, with the way that the Eagles handled the draft. Just uh, again, beefing up the defense, giving Jalen hurts another uh, weapon with AJ Brown, which is obviously again, that's huge, obviously. Um, yeah. How about your Colts? Okay. So I was ecstatic. I put up a tweet saying that this was the best draft the Colts have had in a long time. Um, so they they got a, they got a wide receiver, which yep. I kind of wish they would have traded up um, and tried to get one of the one of the top wideouts. But I'm not Alec Pierce. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with Pierce. The kid's 6'3". He has uh, tremendous speed, and he'll definitely give them what they don't have, which is a vertical weapon downfield. His his route running isn't the best, but he's definitely going to be a solid number two option behind Pittman for Matt Ryan, and he may even be able to turn into the, our number one option, uh, which is obviously what is, is the hopeful thinking anyway. And then in the third round, we took a tight end, which we desperately need, mm-hmm. uh, in Jelani Woods, who's out of Virginia. The dude is 6'7 and yeah. weighs 185 pounds. Right. A freaking monster. I feel like I feel like the Colts always have like a big tight end. Like they've always had a big body t- t- uh, tight end, you know? Yeah. And well, I mean, this guy, his hands aren't the best hands in the world, but we can work with it. But his blocking is, is really what's ideal. Yeah. So you know, we now have another guy who can help block. And again, he will be a weapon later on. And then also in the third round, we took two other players. We took Bernard uh, Rainman, who's an offensive tackle out of Central Michigan, and then Nick Cross, who I love. He's my favorite pick of this draft. Oh, yeah. Um, who's the safety out of Maryland. I was going to say cornerback or something like that. Yeah. yeah, safety out of Maryland. We we had, and I looked this up, and I didn't realize how bad we were last year. We allowed the second most passing touchdowns last season, according to ESPN stats and info. Dang. Yeah. So we were, um, we were hurting real okay. bad. Um, so he was evaluated. This kid was evaluated as, um, he had the fastest 40 yard dash of any staff, excuse me, any safety in the combine. He's shown excellent ball tracking skills and was evaluated at having above average stop power and run support. So to me, I'm like, this kid's a steal in the third round. The fact that we were able to get him, he was the 96th pick overall, which I right. think is pretty far down the, the rung for somebody who's as talented as him. And so then the other notables that we had, we took in the fifth round, we took Eric Johnson, who's a defensive tackle out of Missouri State. Sixth round was Andrew Ogletree, I believe is how you say that. He's a tight end, another tight end out of uh, Youngstown State. And he's another big duty, 6'7", weighs 250. So we've mm-hmm. got massive tight ends, both who are obviously going to be great blockers. Um, so, yeah, and overall, I was I was really pumped. I'm glad that they – I don't feel like they reached for anybody. Like I said – I would have been, you know, I would have been happy if they would have traded up a little bit and tried to get a wide receiver, but they didn't, and that's okay. I mean, like I said, it, it could have been a lot worse. And so overall, I'm pretty pumped. I'm pretty Good. pumped. 
Um, how do you feel overall? I'm just, uh, I'm getting, sorry, we're getting blown up here with, uh, with Landon writing us in, dude, we're going to bring you on. I promise not right this second. We got other people coming in first. Um, and that's the thing guys, we do have some people coming on from the network first, and then we're going to bring on anybody else who wants to come on after. Um, how'd you feel about the, the rest of the NFC East? Honestly, I haven't even looked at it yet. I, I, I just I wanted to focus on the Eagles these next couple uh, these first couple days, especially after the draft is finally done. I mean, it's you know, we're obviously recording this on Sunday, so now the draft is officially done and over with. So that is why I wanted to just really focus on that. See where these guys were you know, where they were graded at and just see how well, cause I can look on paper and just see the position and know, okay, that, that will work. That will fit. That makes sense to me. But how did everybody else see them is what I wanted to find out. And again, I mean, and obviously not seeing uh, the Eagles players reactions to uh, the players that were drafted. And then you also had the un, undrafted players. I mean, I think we got like five or six more dudes after that, which is where usually Howie likes to really, you know, reap in the benefits is uh, we picked up another uh, quarterback out of Nevada. I want to say Carson something. I don't remember his last name. Um, So that's always a fine thing too, having another quarterback in the quarterback room, see who's going to challenge who and see what happens with that. Again, I'm fine with it. This this is probably the happiest I've been in a draft. I was happy with the Jalen Hurts draft. Don't get me wrong. I know you know that I was happy about Hurts coming on to the Eagles. Um, I did not expect things to unfold the way they did, obviously, with the whole Carson Wentz and Hurts and all that drama that ensued. But... Um, I was happy that he was coming into the quarterback room, coming into the facility, all that stuff. The other players are drafted. Totally fine with me. I was totally fine with all that too. Rager, totally fine with all that. This makes sense. This sounds like how he's finally got it figured out. He's finally on the right track and just building off of what we had last year, which is what they're supposed to do. That's the whole point of the draft is you're supposed to build on top of what you got. There's no need for tearing down the walls and completely getting rid of everybody and completely restructuring, which is what they kind of alluded like they're going to be doing once they got rid of Doug Peterson. But then you look back and you're like, you're not really doing that because everybody stayed. So the only thing you're doing different is bringing in a new head coach and you're making hurts the starter, not a big shocker. So I was fine with that. What about you though? Because with your Colts, you're in a different situation. You know, you're going on, you're what third, fourth year, fourth year in a row with a new court. You're almost like the Cleveland Browns. You're having a new new quarterback star every freaking season, man. That's a fair point, actually. That's a very fair point. Yeah, I you're mean, welcome. Ever, ever since luck, we've had I, I think it was like something like seven or eight different starting quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, look, I'm not, obviously I'm happy. I'm happy we have Matt Ryan. Um, I'm hoping we didn't get Matt Ryan too late, but I'm I'm I feel pretty positive about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt positive about Philip Rivers when we got Philip Rivers, and I felt positive about Carson Wentz when we got Carson Wentz. So, um, you know, these are all quarterbacks that I used to like. And if Daniel, if you put Foles to the Colts one more time in this comment section, I'm going to block he you. He did just get I, dropped from yeah. uh, the Bears. You see that? I did see that. I, yeah. I saw that he got let go. Um, 
I was I was actually joking with Matt and I said, you know, I said, so so Daniel Jones, huh? And he's like, I he's like, he's, he's the weakest, he's the weakest link. I was like, you guys could always pick up Nick Foles. And he's like, I'll go back to rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if the Giants go out and pick up and pick up Nick Foles. And I said, well, what about Baker Mayfield? And he was like, I'd rather have Daniel Jones. I'm like, okay. So then you clearly Poor don't Baker. know Jones that badly. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it, we we have we've been we've been transitioning in and out of quarterbacks left and right. So I mean, look, I, I think we're going to be okay. I do. I, I like I said, I trust Matt Ryan. I think that the draft went well. We should compete in this division. I mean, the Titans. I, I don't know what the Titans are going to be like this year. Now, I mean, you got rid of they got rid of their best wide receiver. Seriously, um, they they've now lit a fire under Tannehill because they just drafted his potential replacement. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, I, I still think Tennessee is talented enough to compete for first in the division, but we're, we also look out because we do have a weak division. I mean, aside from the Titans, that's it. That's our competition. Jacksonville's not doing anything. Their draft was. They might team. do something this year. Who? Jacksonville. Jacksonville's draft was awful. New head coach. Dude, just because you're biased towards the head coach does not mean that they're going to. That's my AFC team. By the way, how kind of cool is? I, I'm curious on this statistic with for Doug Peterson because not only was he a first time head coach with a number two draft pick, but now he was a a first year head coach with a different team with the number one draft pick. That's got to be some sort of record. There can't be any other head coach that has gone to a different team with such a high draft pick. I'm going to have to ask someone from the network. I feel like we have some people on here that, uh, that know what I'm speaking of. Yeah, no, I, I don't know offhand. I I don't have the answer to that for you. I just, I don't need the answer from you. I'll get it from someone else. I just think that Doug Peterson is um, is going to be fine as the head coach, but he might be a little over his head. I need to, mm-hmm. I need to text. I'm, I'm typing into the chat here. Yeah, um, I, can you know, hear, I can hear you typing. Landon, text me your text me your your email address. So I don't have your email address. Text me your email address. Um, because I I tried to send him a message on Facebook and my Facebook thing's not working, so I can't even like. Perfect. I'm that sounds about right. Like this. Um. So the Jaguars, I don't think are doing do anything this year. Uh, and the Texans, well, it's the Texans. Yeah. So, um, yeah. There, there's really, there's really, to me, that the competition is the Titans. The Colts should be able to make the playoffs. I'm not saying they'll win the division, although I think they should. I think they're mm-hmm. the most talented roster. Um, and then outside of that, what the hell does that say? Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I also like what the Giants did, though. And I did tell Matt that. I really like the Giants draft. I thought they had a really good draft along with the Jets. The Jets surprised, I think, the world that they actually didn't screw this up and reach for some stupid player. Um, so the fact that both New York teams actually held firm and, and didn't overreach and didn't do anything too stupid, I thought trying was pretty cute. Yeah, exactly. Trying to be mm-hmm. cute. Yeah. Um, which is always which is always something that's dangerous. Um but yeah, so I mean, overall, I thought, like I said, I think I think the Colts are in really good shape. I think the Jaguars are in big trouble, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to to what we can do here. I need you to talk for like two seconds while I type in this email address. All right. Um, like I said, I didn't really do any more research other than that as far as the Eagles go. I'm gonna look into because uh, I did put out. What did I put out? I put out something for the Eagles, I think, for their schedule, winnable schedule, how I ranked quarterbacks. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to be doing, though, soon, and I'm going to rank the Eagles uh, 
regular season wins, losses, all that stuff. Um, and I mean, when it comes to NFC East, though, I, again, without looking at anything and seeing what pieces have moved, adding AJ Brown is a huge, huge piece to add. It's so not just some little weapon. Team's going to win the division. I'm sorry. I said, do you think your team's going to win the division? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, I do. Second year Jalen Hurts as a starter. Um, adding AJ Brown. Yes. You know, Nick Sirianni, he got his butt handed to him for the first like half of the season. He seemed to start catching some real footing as the season went along. Definitely. Do you think this makes you guys a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, I could say I could think that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Especially out of the NFC East, a hundred percent. All right, Lynn's about to hop on here. Um, well, I mean, I think when it comes to when you're when you're talking about adding in Landon, what's going on? Can you hear us? What's up, Landon? Yeah, I'm at work, so <laughs> right, talk, to a, talk, talk to us. This is this for those of you who don't know this is our good friend Landon. Landon, thanks good for being friend. on. I'm Best good. friend. How about that? All right. Tell us what your thoughts were on the Eagles draft, but you cannot swear on this, please and thank you. I will not. I knew. I, let me hide the beer. It's fine. <laughs> so, I mean, I started off with that was who I wanted. Every single one of those mock drafts kept talking about, well, at first it was the same as every other Eagles mock draft. Are they going to draft a quarterback? No. If we would have done that, I would have just completely given up because that's the best idea I've had. But then I kept seeing things about, okay, well, let's get another receiver and all of this. I, my opinion, I think that we honestly in this draft, Rich, you know, we have low expectations for every Eagles draft. We always expect that we're going to pick up bum Donalds. And I kind of had read something about the uh, Jordan Davis and everything, and they were like, yeah, if he falls that low. And it made me really think about it, that honestly that's the best-case scenario. I think he was the best first that we could get because right now when you really think about it, our defensive line has been – our savings, we've always had, like, one of the best D-lines where, you know, you don't run Philly too, too much. The problem with that is the reason for it is we had Fletcher Cox. We have Brandon Graham. Guys like that right now are getting pretty old. Fletcher Cox has been mm-hmm. injured. I don't – I'm not sure how many games he's been out or anything like that in the past couple seasons, but he's definitely gotten some injuries. He's, you know, hasn't always been able to stay out on the field. And he's, I mean, he's going to be, he's going to be one, I think, this season. And so I, it's a good thing to this giant physical anomaly, basically. Like, you saw that kid walk up to the stage, big boy. Yeah. Big, and he moves, too. He's, I forget what he was, but I remember being super impressed by it. Getting him definitely was something that I was like, I, I mean, it was, excited i was pretty hyped but um yeah i think getting him gives him an opportunity where we still have a couple more years at those other guys where they're still going to dominate but now you've got this other kid who can rotate in there 
learn all those moves. Learn. I mean, he's already got some skills. He breaks off blocks like, and nobody ever seen. Like that kid. I'm not gonna say like compare him to anybody out there, but he can be with his size and his like athleticism. That kid could probably be one of the best defensive linemen in the league in a few years. I would say. Yeah, I mean, again, that's he's why got that's the why skills. he just needs work. Right. And that's the, that's like you said, I mean, that's the, yeah. the really good thing about having him come on to the Eagles because we're known to have to, to have a very strong defense. It's been, uh, even if we have a weak backfield, weak uh, you know, corners, what have you, like you said, our line has always been the thing that's been talked about. I can't remember a season where yeah. we didn't have a, a weak line, a weak defense and defensive line, you know, so. You're 100 percent right, and he gets to sit behind someone like Cox and and learn from him and watch him just get beat, you know, and or rather not get beat. I was going to say get beat up, but you don't really beat up. Yeah. Having him definitely going to be something that we want to work towards the future. We can definitely lock that down because that D down now. We, but if the quarterback doesn't have to throw it, he doesn't have time to sit and wait for guys to get a wrap. Right. Really. Exactly. I don't know that anybody actually thought that that was going to happen, but um, that was that was crazy to me. Are you guys able to still hear me? It keeps going. It kind of cutting out. Cutting out a little bit. Uh, is your Wi-Fi on? Uh, I'm hooked up as to the building's Wi-Fi. That's why. Oh, uh, maybe <laughs> that's why. It's all good. Yeah. Give it. Give us a, a real, real quick about uh, AJ Brown. Is AJ Brown going to be catching the most touchdowns for the Eagles this year? Yes or no? I still think that this is going to be Devontae's year. Okay. I, this is the year that I want to see him really step up and become wide receiver number one. So I think that when he goes out there, A.J. Brown's going to make some plays. He's going to make catches. He's going to be getting touchdowns. But I think that Devon, it's going to just be something where it opens it up for Devontae, or Devontae Smith. Sorry. Right, right. Perfect. And I think that that's where he's going to really benefit the most. It's going to be a great – it's going to be a really good year to be an Eagles fan. Yeah. Landon, th- thank you for being yeah. on. we got to bring some other people on, buddy. Sounds good. Thanks, homie. Thanks, bud. Bye. Go birds! What's up, man? What's going What's on? Up? Can you guys hear me? Yes, That's sir. Good. How's it going? Yeah. Going good. Going good. So I guess we uh, it's time for my Falcons, huh? Let's hear it. Yeah, what man. you got? My birds, man. I think I um, I think I'm gonna speak for most people in Atlanta, if not all in Atlanta, man. We was uh, very satisfied, very excited with some of the picks that we got coming in, um. They they threw us for a loop with that first one, uh, Drake London. You know, I know I was at the time I was watching the uh, SEC takeover uh, pod, and you know that they were covering that first round. And Tavares right. immediately started, you know, scratching his head on that one, man. And I felt the same way, so I had to. I just went. I ain't gonna lie to y'all, man. I cut the draft off after that first one, man. I just cut the draft off and I walked away. I went outside and uh, I pulled up YouTube and I looked at his highlights, man. The the dude is an actual freak 
You know what I'm saying? He's a beast on the football field, standing at 6'4", 220 pounds. He also played basketball at USC. I don't know if many people know that. He, he played like six or seven games while there, but he got hurt his senior year, and that's why I think most people haven't heard about him. He only played eight games out of their 12-game season, and in those eight games, he had just under 1,100 yards and 88 catches with seven touchdowns. Um, one thing that stood out to me the most is he's really good. Even though he's so big, he's really good with his feet. You know, he understands how to create separation with not only his feet, but using his hands, his shoulders, and his head to create separation. Um, he really understands route running, and um, when the play breaks down, he knows how to find the gaps and sit down. He uh, knows how to attack the DBs, blind spots, and whatnot. But, um, man, I think this guy is really going to revamp our, our receiving core, you know, Calvin, how things went with Calvin Ridley. We lost Russell Gage. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we're really struggling at that position, man. But this guy right here, I, I, I look forward to great things from this guy. Um, can you remind me? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just saying, can you remind me who, who's quarterbacking for the Falcons right now? <laughs> I'm being serious because I really don't know. As of right now, we're with uh, Marcus Mariota. But okay. uh, once we That's get into LaValle's the third, boy, he likes Mariota. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't hate on Mariota. It's just I, I, I've seen since he's been it, you know, from Oregon up to now, I've seen what he's done and I just haven't been impressed, you know, but uh, especially losing Matt Ryan, man. Not that Matt Ryan was out here doing great things for us, but, you know, he was consistent. He was reliable. I, I for one, am, am not a Matt Ryan hater. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? I, I wish we could have kept him for a couple more years, but, you know, on to the next. Um, right. In the second in the second round, we grabbed Arnold Ebeek. Ebikite out of Penn State and uh, Troy Anderson. I'm talking about Troy first because nobody really, when, when, when they picked up Troy, it was like, oh, you know, who, who was this guy? Um, when you look at his career at Montana State, he's 6'3, 243, plays linebacker, runs a 4'4, right? But while he was at Montana State, he played running back and quarterback and he did some punting. My man had. Uh, and I didn't even write it down, but he had like 33 touchdowns as a running back his sophomore year. He was all conference. He's an all conference player and an all American on both sides of the ball. After after playing running back for two years, he switched over to linebacker and became the FCS National Player of the Year on defense. So I mean that alone, man. Uh, I'm excited about this guy. You know, Deion Jones is getting a little older. You know that that linebacking crew. Uh, mm -hmm. We're getting, we getting older back there, but we're still athletic. And this guy right here is just going to add to that. Um, with uh, Arnold Abakite, 6'3", 256, All-American, All-Big Ten, very strong, high, very strong motor coming off that edge. Um, he doesn't stop. doesn't stop, plays through the whistle, long arms, and knows how to use them. You know, you put your arms on, we get them off. Swim yeah. moves. He has a, an array a very wide array of, of moves and he uh and you can tell from watching film that he's he's creative with his moves so he's looking to set the 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 tackle up or you know whoever he's facing he's looking to set them up um throughout the whole game so uh tackle struggled with him all season last year uh let's see going going into the third round we grabbed oh your boy desmond ritter oh my goodness wow i was excited so I remember talking to my dad probably week four or week five after watching Cincinnati play. Mm -hmm. And I just remember telling him, man, I wouldn't mind having him on the Falcons. 
You know, I just said it casually like that. And then, you know, fast forward to now, we got him. Many um, believe that he's the, he was the only quarterback that's prepared to step in day one and start and, you know, and start the right. only uh, pro-ready quarterback. I guess that's due to, you know, uh, Cincinnati had that pro-style offense where he mm-hmm. had to go through all his possessions, uh, progressions, and make mm-hmm. his reads accurately. Um, one thing that we struggled with here in Atlanta last year was getting the ball out quickly. You know, Matt Ryan was on the ground plenty of times, and this is one of his uh, great attributes is getting the ball off quick and then uh, great anticipation. He knows where to put it. That's going to help the offensive line and the receivers, getting the ball to the receivers quickly so they can get up the field and make a play and getting the ball out quick so the linemen don't have to hold that block as long. Um, in my opinion, guys, this was the steal of the draft, you know. Um, he may not start right away, but that's okay. We can go in and let um, – let Marcus Mariota, you know, work out the kinks, and then we move my boy on in there, and uh, we look forward to a great season from this guy. Um, you're gonna hear that a lot from me talking about all these guys, man. I'm, you know, I am biased because I've been a fan for 15 plus years, but I really think they they scored a a, a, a with this draft. Um, speaking of the next one, D'Angelo Malone, he is from the city of Atlanta, so I know he was excited to to, uh, to get picked up. And his game is very similar. I don't want to disrespect him and, and say that he's the same player as Arnold uh, Ebikite, but their game is very similar in, in their body build and their athleticism. Very high motor coming off the end. They know how to use their hands. They're, they, they're very, very similar in, uh, in the way they play. I think the Falcons kind of had a, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They had a type that they was going after in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the uh, analysts said that he plays bigger than his size, bigger and tougher than his size. If you watch film on him, you'd see that that's true off the rip. Um, one guy that we didn't talk, that wasn't talked much about last year, but I'm kind of excited about it because I'm an offensive guy, was Tyler Algier, the running back from BYU. My man is mm-hmm. 5'11", 225 pounds. He's a one-cut guy down the hill. We're not looking to play no games with you. We're looking to pick up yards, and we're going to put them shoulders through you. Um, I'm excited about him. And also the next pick was Justin Schaefer. Him and D'Angelo Malone were high school teammates here in Atlanta. So I'm sure they're excited to be back on the same team. Um, if you're a Bulldogs fan, you're familiar with that name. Um, that The question, big question for him going into the league is his movement and his athleticism. Can he keep up with the, uh, some of the quicker defense linemen out there? Um, I believe that remains to be seen, but one thing about him is he's he's a he's a work dog. You know, um, if you follow Georgia sports um, early on in his career, it was kind of uncertain on you know what kind of player he was going to turn out to be, and then fast forward to now, he worked his way into a, a NFL lineman man. And um, one thing about him is when he gets his hands on you, you're going wherever he wants you to go. You know, we're not going to work your arms all you want to. <laughs> um, let's see who else we. Overall, how do you how do you feel the Falcons are going to do this this coming season? I mean, with with all the picks that, that they've gotten, you you're clearly very high on on quite a few of them. Do you think that Atlanta? I mean, I know this I'm is calling the playoffs. I'm gonna go ahead and call it. We in the okay. playoffs. Man. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going. We go ahead and call. It. We in the playoffs. Um, if you look at the season that we had last year with the uh, the injuries, the 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 the, the mental uh, the mental health, you mm-hmm. know, uh, breakdown. Mm-hmm. We still, we still could have made it to the playoffs, you know. Had we won some of the home games that we lost, close games, we gave away 
some of the games that we gave away, I really don't want to get into it, man, because I'm going to sit up here and take up all y'all's time. No, I told you. I think my Falcons fans will agree with me and say that we we could we were in the position in the midseason to make a run for the playoffs, and we shot ourselves in the foot multiple times, multiple times. So I think that, one, getting some of these young guys with some new energy in, um, Justin Schaefer, even though he was picked late, he's going to bring some competition to that offensive line. He's going to bring some energy to that offensive line. Um, and with the defensive linemen that we picked in the draft, they're going to do the same thing on the other side of the ball. I believe if we can up front control this line, then everything else will fall into place, especially with our with our quarterback situation. If we can control the ball up front, um, yeah, I, I think we can definitely take this uh, the NFC South. Okay, sure. I, I like, like it. it. Uh, I want to uh, real quick, guys. I don't, I don't want to leave out the last one because he's a Georgia dog, John Fitzpatrick. Yep, get him in there. Uh, tight end. We lost uh, Lee Smith. He was our blocking tight end, but he was actually one of my favorite players because he worked. He worked. And this guy's going to fall right into that mold, standing at 6'7", 250 pounds. He was a blocking tight end his whole career. He wasn't very productive, but you saw him often. You saw and you heard that name often. So I, I expect the same thing. Um, from him in the league. And with Arthur Smith and the way that he runs his offense, I think that this uh, John Fitzpatrick would be very, very valuable. Just as valuable as, um, I am, I'm going to go ahead and say it, Desmond Ritter. He'll be just as valuable in, in the scheme of this offense. So yeah, There is man. something cool when, when, you, when you see a team kind of invest in its home state, you know, mm-hmm. the home university, you know what I mean? I, I, and that's, that's just kind of cool. You know, like, I, I think I saw a clip where – um, the head coach, like he calls when he called one of the players, or, or maybe it was the GM. I don't remember. And he said, "You don't have to leave home, yeah. you know, because we're taking you." And I was yeah. like, "Man, that's that gave me goosebumps." I was like, "Oh, dang, that's cool." You. I'm trying to tell. I'm excited for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I was like, like that, that's just got to be like such a cool feeling for anybody. I, I mean, obviously, getting into the league is a whole different scenario in itself. But when when you get to you know experience that and and just kind of just feels still home, you know, like it's, it's that whole yeah. like going away to college situation. You know, you always dream about going to California or study abroad or something like that. But then when you get accepted into the, the home college, the university, and you know, mom, dad, you know, brother, sister, grandma, yeah. grandpa, like they're still yeah. around. They can come to your game. I mean, that that's cool. And that's special for sure. Most definitely. But before we get up out of here, guys, I don't want to leave this. This is so I'm not going to get too deep into it. Name any names, but. Just for the fans' sake, I want to go over. We, since the draft has ended, we've signed 13 undrafted free agents. Dang. Okay, we got one tight end, two receivers, another quarterback, three linebackers, two defensive linemen, two DBs, one offensive lineman, and a punter. So I'm impressed with our new GM, the mm-hmm. moves that he's making. As a Falcons fan, I'm satisfied with the moves that he's making. Good. And, uh, Again, I think I speak for most of Atlanta, if not all of Atlanta, man. Look out for us to make some noise. I, I like it, Mayfield. I mean, I'm, again, thank you for popping on. I'm glad that I'm glad you're excited about injecting youth into, you know, the team because some some people don't like that. Some people like the way things are being run. Some people prefer some more veteran leadership in a locker room. I, I'm with you. I think more youth, bring it on in. Um, you know, just to just to kickstart that team and, and like you said, get into the playoffs. Now, oh, yeah. you are part of our network also here at TakeOver Podcast. So 
go on and talk about your show because your show's uh coming up pretty soon okay so uh coming soon to you guys we have the hbcu takeover pod um me and my co-host and former teammate at savannah state Deleon hollinger will be um speaking on that and and just a, a little quick fact for you guys and the viewers it's only 107 hbcus in the country and out of those 107 only 83 of them hold athletic programs wow so my co-host and I look forward to covering every single one of those schools and the sports that they offer. And um, we're excited to, to bring that content to you guys. Absolutely. Bring some, bring some content, some, uh, some light, you know, to, and just like focus on, on these colleges and these athletes, right? Most definitely. You know? Absolutely. Most definitely. I love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys can look forward to that. I, I would say next week we should have some content up and we should be up and running on that. I'm awesome. I thank you, A, thank you for coming on. But B, thanks for dropping as much knowledge as you did about the Atlanta Falcons. Like, I've learned more about the Atlanta Falcons in, like, the last 10 minutes than I've ever known in my life. So, Oh, yeah, most definitely. Most I, definitely. I know. I just – I just, I'm, I'm meeting you for the first time. We had our, our Zoom call, you know, not too long ago. Um, don't take offense to this, but when Eagles – and the Falcons meet up at the NFC Championship, you know how I'm going to feel of which way it's going to go, which bird's going to win that battle, right? Yeah, I understand. Okay. I understand. And uh, feelings in reality is two different things. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thanks for popping on, homie. All right, man. Y'all have a good one. You too, yeah. all right? Oh, I love that. Hey, so we got we, we have a special guest just for you. Ah, oh, Christ. Hey, buddy. Oh, God, you're even uglier on the camera. Oh, man. how Good to see you. I love the new uh, the new setup. I, I really like the new studio. It looks real good for you guys. So good job to the uh, Sports Talk Takeover for uh, furnishing the new studio. Thanks. Right. Your head is so shiny. About your, uh, about your cowboy. I have to know. How mad are you about the uh, about your draft? Um, Overall, I give it a C+. Plus. Okay. That's, I think that's pretty fair. That's like a typical Eagles draft. That's actually good for us. <laughs> I honestly think that the Eagles drafted better than us, but I mean, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you guys credit where credit's due. Thank you. Um, overall, looking at it, I mean, you got to give me some, uh, some leeway here. I don't follow college football, so I just, there's too many teams, too many players. I just don't follow it, but yeah. I did do the research after the draft and I was like, all right, let's see, let's see what we have here. So the Cowboys and in their infinite wisdom decided for their number one draft pick to draft the person who gives them the most penalties in college. Mm, yep. The team that struggles with offensive penalties and can't get their foot out of their butt decides mm -hmm. to go and, and get this guy who's going to give them all sorts of more yellow dirt on that field. So kudos to Cowboys. I hope you guys can fix that. Um. Yeah, not not happy. I mean, yeah, it's great to have an offensive tackle, and it's great to have some protection for Dak. But if it's going to cost you 10, 15 yards every game, and that's what's going to cost you from getting out of the red zone, I mean, is it really yeah. worth it? right? I, it, it's pretty simple. Um, second round, they've picked a defensive end. I don't really hate that. Um, Sam Williams. He is from uh, Ole Miss, so. Cool. Um, maybe there'll be some prospect with that. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Their number, the third round, they picked a wide receiver. 
I thought it was interesting. I don't know if this was like uh, like a, a dig to try to get him like they did like they did to the Eagles a couple years back with CD Lamb. They picked a wide receiver. Do we need one? No. Did we get one? Yes. Yeah. Does it uh, prevent another team from getting him? That, yep. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I was as well. Because we really don't. Yeah, we lost Amari Cooper this year at the cost of a fifth and sixth round pick. Cool. That was also right. bad. Um, however, I'm really hating on my boys today. <laughs> I think Jerry's losing his marbles finally. Um, I I think he's lost his marbles for a while. Maybe with his mm. new daughter that he has. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, they picked up a wide receiver. I just looked at his stats. I guess he was projected like the eighth overall wide receiver in the draft. So that we got him in the third round, I think was – a steal, I guess, of sorts. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's cool. Uh, I don't really know much about him, um, but yeah, good for good for them for doing that. Um, what I was really hoping they were going to pick up, which they didn't do until the what round was it fourth round. We need help on the tight end, and they waited all the way to the fourth round to get one. Um, I would have prefer to have seen that instead of the defensive end maybe i'd rather have had a tight end um you know ever since we lost jason Witten, we've had a giant hole there i mean blake jarwin has done as best as he could but i think that we should bring somebody in there with a lot a lot of talent um and give dak both some blocking and somebody that can receive i mean i don't know that's that's what i would have had rather seen instead of maybe a defensive end and getting the wide receiver um, if we can get one, like we got one in the third round, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like I said, um, if it was, you know, if it's there, take it. So good for them. But yeah, overall, I guess maybe I'd give them a, maybe, maybe a B minus, but more likely a C plus in my, how do you feel? And then I'll let you go. I just want to know, how do you feel? And this is way too early, obviously we're, we're not even close to the start of the season. How do you feel about your, your season unfolding this year? Do you think you guys are going to compete? Do you think? Not so much. What do you? I think you always have to factor Dallas in. As much as it pains Richard to say it, he knows that his his issue every year is always the Cowboys. You always have to factor them in. I know worst case scenario, the Cowboys will be a five hundred team, which is still five hundred team in the NFC least is a big issue. That's what I was gonna say. NFC <laughs> East, if you're a five hundred, you can really disrupt dreams being a five hundred team. You can win that the NFC East champion you, as a division champion with a five hundred with a five hundred record. Yeah. So very well, you guys could be the first team in however long to repeat as uh, division champions because you guys got it last year. We did. So uh, you you guys could be. I honestly think it's going to be if it's not going to. I already said the Eagles. If I had to pick a team that was it wasn't going to be, it's probably going to be the Commanders, honestly, because they scare me. Probably, honestly, because we have a lot of Commander fans on our network, so I'm constantly seeing them talk up. They, they hype me up for the Commanders. I'm like, yeah, let's get... Wait, that's not my team. No, 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 hold on. Hold There's on. only two guaranteed wins I'd give the Commanders, and that's both time they play the Eagles, just because it's Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I um, I think, I think that the bar for the Cowboys is to repeat NFC East champs, mm. but by, by far that's the bar. Right. Um, so I think that that's what they're going to, um, they're going to hit. And then if they go one or two and out, that's probably par for the Cowboys. Right. Okay. Then, uh, you know, obviously injuries. Could stretch play. real quick. Yeah. Stretch. 
Oh yeah, don't worry. I got I got mine on too, buddy. Well, <laughs> at home, yeah. yeah. No pants, pocket. apparently, you weirdo. It's funny because I just washed it today too. Um. Anyway, um, I did, and I didn't even plan on being here. And Lavalley can attest to that. I did not plan on being here tonight. I'm doing homework. Well, thanks. I guess. Um. So yeah, I think I think that the Cowboys' minimum is to set NFC East and then obviously make a run in the playoffs and see how far it takes them. All right. And if uh, Nick Foles doesn't go to the Commanders, he should go to the Colts. I hope Dak Prescott like tears something, and there's your quarterback. His name. Uh, you know, if he does, ooh, what about that, Nick Foles? I don't think Nick Foles would ever go to the Cowboys. I don't think he could. Who's your Who's your backup anyway? Uh, it was uh, <laughs> Cooper Rush. Yeah, Cooper Rush. Yeah, that's where they should have put in there instead of a uh, 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 wide receivers. They should have got a quarterback that they could get because Cooper Rush is useless. But nah, anyway. maybe you guys can get Baker. I'd take him as a backup. I think he'd be a solid backup for the Cowboys. Probably Baker, wouldn't do that bad anywhere. He's a, he's a, he's a solid backup quarterback. Yeah, I, I wouldn't hate it. I honestly wouldn't hate. It. But that you paid Dak, you're gonna put him in there. But if Dak goes down, that's what they did with. Uh, What's his name there that they did? They got him for a year. Andy Dalton. They picked him up for a year as True. backup. Do do the same with uh with Mayfield. I'd rather have him than Kaepernick. Well, yes. Um, I'm not even gonna go down that rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> before we let you go, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I'm super glad to hear you guys back on the pod. Uh, like I said, it's great the sports talk takeover guys have taken you guys on. Looking forward to uh. You know, maybe getting on here with you guys and talk more football as uh, as the season progresses. Absolutely. Yeah. Even though I don't want you to be, we'll we'll let you on. Oh, I could. If you guys record this on Sunday nights, when I go to the next Cowboys game, I could zoom in live from the game. Oh, uh, you're breaking up. I don't think we can hear you. It's perfect. Cancel them out of here. Get them. Cut them out. All right. Good seeing you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. Uh, all right. So, questions. We'll get into questions. I did want to clear up something real quick because I saw a comment from uh, Anthony Mayfield. I don't think I said I was okay with what's going on with uh, with uh, Steele, with the yep. whole ESPN thing. There you go. Yeah, highlight that. Yep. Right? I, I'm just saying I understand where ESPN is coming from with it being a private company. It's not some mom and pop shop that you can just talk to ma and pa and be like, Hey, this makes me uncomfortable. That's all I'm saying. For her to be upset about that. That's just, you know, I, I understand it. Do I agree with the mandates? Do I not agree with the mandates? I mean, I'm not going to get into that whole situation because that's a whole different kind of can of worms. You know, we're, we're getting a little too close into politics at that end. And we try to keep it obviously sports. So thank you, Chris, for bringing this topic in, even though I did kind of push it a little bit. Um, so yeah. for the if there was confusion, I promise you I'm not a monster. I just understand a little bit more when a company does or says something like we need you to do this on X amount of day. You sign the contract and, and you want to be employed there. I'm not saying you should do it. There's plenty of other opportunities, I'm sure, for you to go and go do something. I don't know. If you feel like, I guess, I, I was going to say, I guess if you feel that there isn't an option for you, get a lawyer, which she did. So there you go. I'll just keep talking myself in the circles as I back on out of this conversation. Who is your sports idol? 
my sports idol i think honestly especially like growing up it had to be mcnab man because you know why i liked mcnab mcnab was not that typical quarterback that you would see which is probably why i don't have a problem with the whole jalen hurts lamar jackson you you always get mad about their running backs that throw the football yes i understand that but I also we we didn't have that with McNabb could throw it, he could run it. He's a bigger kind of rugged guy. He's chunky just like the chunky soup that he would commercialize. Um and I like that. You know, he wasn't this like clean cut looking, you know, slim like typical quarterback that especially us growing up in New England, we got plastered with with Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Tom Brady, Eli Manning, you know, more slender looking guys. And then you got this like little beefcake Donovan McNabb come out and always laugh and being like, yeah, you know, we lost that game. It's like, what are you laughing about? But anyway, he was the one I allies. What about you? Uh, Jeter. Jeter. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I had a kid growing up. Yeah. I knew that. I don't even know why I asked you. It's okay. It's fine. Anytime I get to bring up Derek Jeter in a conversation always makes me happy. Yeah, I guess that's true. What's your motto in life? Akuna Matata. That's not that you are the farthest from there ain't no worries. Okay. <laughs> um I don't know. Uh I don't really have a motto. I can't, I honestly can't think of one off the top of my head. This this really sucks that this is live too. Um I don't know. Uh just yeah, get I'll, I'll give you some examples. How about that? You want me to give you some examples? Because we, we do one for the family. We've been doing it for a couple of years now. So last year was Embrace the Change, right? Because we went through a whole lot of change with, with, with work, moving, schools, becoming a bigger family. That was a whole whole big thing for us. And we killed it. Uh, this year's motto is uh, trust in your family. You know, especially with us, with, uh, you know, being a, a, a meld, Right you know, stepmom, stepdad, stepson, stepbrothers, you know, <clears throat> trust in your family is what we're focusing on this year. And just, you know, just again, building that foundation and trust and love for each other. Um, but my overall motto is, is pretty bland. It is kind of like a, it is what it is, but I've always had that kind of like, it is what it is mentality, you know, just ride the wave. Mm-hmm. You know, if it happens, it happens. Like that's always, like all those generalized little things. You know, if it works out, it works out. You know, things that people hate. You know, those those stereotypical like oh, I hate those kind of comments. But it is what it is. You know, if it works out, it's gonna work out. If it don't work out, move on and find something else. Um. So I I, I like the trust in family, trust in trust in friends. I think would would be more my speed. Um. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. Landon's not feeling the uh, the love here, so uh, thanks, Landon. Move on in a second, but yeah, no, I, I would probably say tr trust, trust in family, trust in friends, something like that. I like that. I, I think that's good, and and I I do gear towards something like that anyway. Okay. Sunday drive. All right, you're on a Sunday drive. Windows down, warm breeze in the air. Album and or artist you are listening to is what? If it's a Sunday drive, I'll be completely honest with you. If it's a Sunday drive. Windows down, music up. Okay. Hair is flowing through the wind. It's not an artist. It's not an album. It's a whole genre. 
And that genre is 80s rock. All day. I don't care if it's pop rock. I don't care if it's Bowie. Don't care. I don't care if it's Prince, Michael Jackson, um, Ozzy. It could be Wham. I really don't care. If it's in the 80s, Madonna, it's for me. All of it. I like it. Yeah. What about you? I'm going to steal that, only I'm not going to do the 80s, and I'll say the 90s. Yeah, you're more of a 90s guy. The 90s start getting whiny, and then they start bringing in harmonicas for some ungodly reason. <laughs> like, you hear, like, a nice, catchy ref saying, like a harmonica solo out of nowhere for no reason. No, thank you. All right. We're going with uh, like, love, or hate. Okay, close it out with like, love, or hate. I like it. Close it out with like, love, or hate. This is a 90s movies edition. I got three movies for you that were in the 90s. You got to list them in order of like, love, hate. Go. Space Jam. Big Daddy. Rush Hour. The first one? Obviously. I love Rush Hour. Yes. Um, damn. I'm going to like, I'm going to like Big Daddy. I'm going to hate Space Jam. Yep. I'm going, I'm going with, with rewatchability here. And I want my kid, no, look, my kid's going to watch Space Jam. I do love Space Jam, but when I sit down, if I'm going to pick, between Big Daddy or Space Jam, I'm going to put on Big Daddy because I'm going to want to laugh. I mean, it's yeah. just... I feel very dirty killing Space Jam. Like, I want you to know, like, I feel disgusting that I'm killing Space Jam. That's why I threw it in there. There was another one in the... I have a whole list, honestly. Um, but I was like, I, ha- I have to try to do you dirty with this one and throw in Space Jam. Because that's a, that's a wrench. I mean, because... By the way, my list is exactly like yours. Uh, I don't love Big Daddy as as much as you do. The McDonald's scene is the only thing, as far as I'm concerned, that saves that entire movie. Um, or is it Rob Schneider as Scuba Steve? Oh, Scuba Steve. Uh, that- no, 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 no. He's the uh, delivery man. So who who's who's who who puts on the Scuba Steve? Adam Sandler. Oh, see, that just shows you how much I love that movie. But I would rather have to rewatch that, you know, once a year. Then Space Jam, I could go. I mean, it's probably been 10 years since I've watched Space Jam, if not longer. Big Daddy, I could watch that every year. And then uh, Rush Hour, oh, I could watch that every month. I could watch that every week, probably. I'm probably going to watch it tonight. Maybe I'll pull it up on Netflix. Rush Hour, though, that trilogy is one of the best trilogies, movies. And even if you want to take out the third one, because it wasn't as good as the first two, those first two are two of the best movies like comedy action movies of all yeah. time. They're just so well done. So well done. You want to know what we forgot to do? We forgot to talk about our sponsor. So we here at the Takeover Sports Network Price with Prize Picks. That's right. And they have a special offer for all of our listeners and viewers, new users that deposit and use the promo code Takeover will receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projection and you can win up to 10 times in any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks has a ton of stats to choose from, including points, rebounds, assists, three pointers made, fantasy points, and more. 
Prize Picks also allows mixed sports entries. For example, you can take the over on Steph combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of, like the NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize Picks has an award winning, easy to use mobile app, which you can find both on the App Store and Google Play. Prize Picks entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is just that easy. So, if you're looking for a fun and easy way to play daily fantasy, be sure to check out Prize Picks and don't forget to use the promo code TAKEOVER so they know that we sent you. That's Prize Picks, promo code TAKEOVER. And Rich did use Prize Picks the other day and he's still butthurt about that. I am. I hate Giannis. Apparently, he's selfish <laughs> and did not want to pass the ball enough for. For your liking. He did not get me the assist over. The assist over was seven. It was like seven and a half. You know what he got? Three. Three assists in an NBA Finals game. Are you kidding me? Not NBA Finals. <laughs> what is it called? Playoffs? It's like the same thing. Uh. Still. And Oduble, he kind of screwed me too. He, he kind of screwed me out of the big one. Odugo? Oh, Odugo, yeah. Odubel. Herrera for the Phillies bet that the Phillies would have a uh, that the Phillies and uh, who are they playing against? I don't remember. They're playing a team over under was 0.5 for the first inning scored. I said that by the end of the first inning, there would be no runs scored and Herrera hits a bomb of a home run into like the uh, upper decks and just shattered my dreams. $45 bet would have paid $450. It's okay. Herrera, I did not need $450. So thank you for that. All right. I think we're done. Think we, we're we've, good. We've gone way over. Um, we usually try oh, to get we're, we're pushing an hour and 22 minutes here. Uh, for all of you who came on, so including Zach and Dan and Landon, thank you very much for contributing to this episode. We really appreciate it. Thank you for the comments. If you guys have questions for us in the future, and whenever we're doing a live, put them in the chat. We will. We have no problem answering those questions at the end during the question segment. And yeah, do you have anything else, Rich? Or are we good? Follow us on Twitter. I am at the underscore underscore Richo. Oh, and I am at Chris underscore Lavalley underscore. Yeah, I don't remember what yours was. So well, I, I, I was disappointed. All right, that's it. That's all we have for y'all this week. Make sure, also, real quick before I let y'all go, make sure you check out all the other podcast we have for you on the youtube channel be sure to click the tab you'll see all of the all the awesome shows that we have available to you you can also find all of the shows on spotify so check those out and that's it that's all i have for you this week on behalf of rich i'm chris we'll talk to y'all again soon boom